<laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. The circus music is starting. We've got, I've got the Brady Bunch laying down in front of me with uh, eight <laughs> guests. Welcome to an episode of Under the Dome. Unlike any episode you've seen before, we are going to attempt a, uh, a simulated live draft. Um, we have a whole slew of guests from all across this country and um and beyond let's start with and beyond oh and beyond that's true we have somebody from england here as well that's so we want to jump multinational broadcast very good so what we're going to do is we're going to start right away with introductions uh i'm of course your host alan ulrich i am wearing a drew Brees jersey but it is a uh throwback chargers jersey because this will be the first draft since the early days of the AFL featuring the Los Angeles Chargers and that's probably the last time they really wore these jerseys so um I kind of dug this out of my closet and thought I'd throw it on uh let's kick it over to Sean Sean how are you doing tonight I am celebrating my brother ah <laughs> you have an Adrian Peterson jersey before they even went on sale Yes, indeed. When you know people, you can make connections, brother. Uh, anyway, uh, actually, it's kind of ironic that AP comes to town and he's going to be in the same number that Mark Ingram wore when he started his career in New Orleans. But anyway, we'll get into all of that as as we get to it. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us tonight in this very much celebrated edition of Under the Dome podcast. We are, we are, excuse me, we are sponsored by the Fan First Network, and we want to invite everyone also this Thursday night as the draft is happening. The C3 Network will be hosting a live draft party where. And go on, and I think there's going to be several members of our panel here tonight, myself included, that are going to be providing draft reaction as the pick made. I uh, I believe that uh, there's a couple of other guys here tonight, which you all will meet in a little while, uh, that are going to be involved in that. Uh, real quickly, if you'll notice uh, the title of our our special edition tonight is the Donnie Lambert Under the Dome uh, inaugural, so on and so forth. We take care of our own Houdat Nation. I know that Donnie Lambert, all these different the fan bases feel that, way, but feel that way, but in New Orleans, above all other places, we're in together. Uh, one of our diehard Houdat Nation supporters. Uh, and a very uh, just as much supporter of our show, Miss Donnie Lambert, is uh, fighting an illness, and we wanted to let her know that we here at the Under the Dome podcast show, uh, and all of my buddies, uh, Jack Kapansky, Jake Arthur, my buddies from the uh, the old PFS days, uh, Bob Rose, Tyler. Stuart, uh, all you guys that have come to uh, be good friends of mine, we wanted to let Ms. Dean know that uh, we're behind her. We hope she gets better soon. And we dedicated this show to her. 
and personally, I would uh, I would be remiss if I didn't thank all you guys for your prayers and uh, encouragement and support <clears throat> that I have received this week in uh, after the death of my aunt from cancer. Um, I thank you guys so much for uh, for everything that you've done, and uh, it's very much appreciated, and my family is very much appreciative of it as well. So without any further ado, it's on with the show. We're going to start out tonight with an interview with a draft analyst that you guys have seen from the Under the Dome Network before. He is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers writer, and since he was with us the last time, he's actually developed uh, or been a part of the development of a podcast of his own. We're going to give him a, an opportunity to tell you guys about that, Mr. David Harrison. David, how are you today, brother? I'm doing great, Sean, Alan. I appreciate you guys having me back on. Uh, even if it's just for Absolutely. a little while, I appreciate the chance to come on and talk with you guys. Well, you Absolutely. know, we couldn't do this without our guys. And there's a few of you on the panel tonight, uh, or if you're uh, if you're Sam Davis Jr. on the dais, uh, tonight that we very much uh, consider to be our guys. And David is absolutely one of those. Uh, David, what is the name of your, you guys' new podcast? So the name of the new uh, podcast is called Walking the Plank, and it's a, it's a Buccaneers-focused podcast um, that's tied in with the Pewter Plank, which is the website that I uh, produce all my Buccaneers content for. And, you know, we, we talk Buccaneers-specific, obviously, but especially during draft time, you know, uh, mock drafts are a hot topic and really any news having to do with prospects. Uh, in fact, tonight we're actually recording our mock draft episode, which will go live tomorrow. So hopefully – uh, I can catch that one, and I can catch uh, this one that you guys are going to do and catch up with what you guys do tonight. Really looking forward to seeing what, what happens. Okay. We want to uh, know you have some prior commitments, which is, which precludes you from uh, taking part in, in the second half of the show later on. But we wanted to uh, bring you on to be our, our draft analyst. Um, and in, in regards to that um, – who do you see as being the first pick off the board? I'll get right to the heart of the matter. Uh, who do you want to the Cleveland Browns? I mean, I mean, at this point, there's no reason to go to go off script. Uh, I think Miles Garrett. Um, he's he's had that spot since since very early in the in the in the draft process, and I think that he's going to hold on to it. I know there's been some recent rumblings. Uh, Warren Sapp, specifically, you know, ex Buccaneer, kind of called him out for being lazy and taking plays off, and and. I don't know how severe it is, and I don't know necessarily how how much the scouts are putting into that. Um, I'll, I'll freely admit, you know, I'm not as high on, on Miles Garrett as maybe uh, some of the people in mainstream media are, and I, I have some of the same concerns that Warren Sapp had. While you know, I'm not going to put it as bluntly and as harshly as he did. You know, I, I think it's something that's worth looking at, and you know, I don't I don't think that at the end of the day, it's as locked in as maybe everybody would like, but I do think that. You know, at this point, if I have to put my my money on who the number one pick is going to be, it's still going to be Garrett. How much, David? How much uh, <clears throat> smokescreen stuff do you think is going on right now? Uh, as far as let's look at, uh, say, the so-called division in the Browns' uh, war room between um, Mitch Trubisky and uh, and Garrett. I mean, the Browns do have a twelfth pick as well. Mm -hmm. So, how much do you think there's just a lot of I don't know, gamesmanship going on to kind of get teams offset. 
Oh, all kinds, definitely. I mean, this is this is that time of year where you can't really believe anything you hear 100%. And everything you do here has got to be taken with a grain of salt because you don't know what the other guy is trying to trick somebody else into into pulling the trigger on. And uh, I mean, Mitch Trubisky at number one would would probably knock my socks off. I don't know uh, if I'd be able to recover from that, but you know, everything even from even from the way that uh, even from the way you know, the Buccaneers are handling. Uh, Doug Martin right now could be a smoke screen, you know. Um, there, there's just there's just all kinds of things going on around the league, and they're all going to have an impact on the draft. But what's real and what's not, you know. I think there's a lot of trade uh, possibilities in this in this first round, maybe more than than most years, because you just got such a fluctuation of talent um, in in your top, you know, top twenty, top twenty five players that. Really, this is an opportunity for a lot of these teams to to maybe move back, secure some extra picks, and really take advantage of the middle of this draft, which is where most of the talent is going to sit. I agree totally. Uh, I and, think Jack uh, Capaldi just fainted. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who in your mind then is probably the should be the number one overall pick? Jamal Adams. I mean, without a doubt. Like, and I, and I know safeties don't usually go well. I mean, you know, what's I can't remember off the top of my head what the highest safety ever drafted was, but I know it's it's not number one. But Jamal Adams is my guy. I mean, if if I'm standing on the table pounding pounding my chest for any player in this draft, it's Jamal Adams. And you know, maybe that's a little bit misguided, but I just I love the way he plays. I love the talent that he brings. I think he's a leader on the field, off the field. He's going to represent your franchise the way you want to be represented. And he's just he's to me he's a can't miss. And you know. Uh, in, in the media, you know, fringe media and in mainstream media, a lot, a lot of people get titled as can't misses, but there's really not that many can't miss players out there. But Jamal Adams, if there's a guy I've got to sign my name to, he's the guy that I'm doing it. And I, and I think the Browns would be smart to take him. I think they could use a guy like Jamal Adams on their defense. And, you know, again, a lot of people would probably question taking a safety at the top pick. But, I mean, you, like I said, I don't, I don't think you can go uh, wrong with Jamal Adams. And that's, that's kind of saying something. You know, you guys know I'm an Ohio State guy. So Malik Hooker is, is definitely someone I'm pulling for. And I love him, too. I love his game. But I, I go Jamal Adams every, every time. Well, I, I think given, you know, all positions aside uh, in terms of the best pure athlete in this draft, I, I think it's hands to Jamal Adams. Absolutely 100%. And I, as well as uh, the esteemed defensive end from Tampa Bay, that you mentioned earlier, Warren Sapp. I've been saying all along, I watch, I, I don't base my final, uh, my final evaluation on a guy. I don't base on game film because game film can be manipulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that, if that makes any sense, my opinion and my evaluation of a guy is going to come from me watching a game firsthand. Uh, and being said, I watched quite a bit of, uh, of games involving Garrett this year. And I think that what Sapp is saying is very well founded. Now, is he not worthy of a number one pick? I, that's, that's not for me to decide. Um, I've, I've made my evaluation of the guy and, and, and it is what it is. Now, all that being said, I don't believe that it's going to dissuade Cleveland from getting their guy. And, in all likelihood, he could go on to be an all-pro uh, many years over. But um, were it me, uh, in my opinion, the Cleveland Browns need – and Jack can allude to this later on more than I can. The, I think what 
the the Browns need is that uh, that game breaker, that guy that's going to affect your defense better. He's going to make an impact more than any other player on the and I just don't see that as being Garrett. That's just me. Uh, well, I, yeah, I totally agree. I was going to say, you know, this fits in right with what David was saying from the beginning. Uh, the problem is in this particular draft, there is a core group of players where there is not that much difference between one and two. And unfortunately, somebody has to be picked first. And so now you can sit there and, and uh, chop up game film and, and nitpick players to death by saying, okay, well, this guy doesn't do this well, but this guy does that well. Uh, my favorite player in the, in the draft, for example, Solomon Thomas out of Ohio State. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, not Ohio State, Stanford, sorry. Uh, Solomon Thomas. And that'd been awesome if he was out of Ohio State, though. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I also understand his weaknesses. You know, what does he really yeah. fit? Is he a 3 4 defensive end? Can he play defensive end in a 4-3? Does he need to put a little weight on and be the three technique inside? Where does he fit in? I understand all these weaknesses, but I watch game film of him, the one-on-one battles, and you look at that, you just fire up that UNC tape, and you just see he single-handedly was destroying that offensive line. And when they would double-team him, he would open game the game up for his teammates which is something else that you really want to see when you try and decide, would this player fit your defense? How does he help his teammates become better players as well? So, but at the same time, you can also say, well, and we're just going to stick with defensive ends right now. Derek Barnett's got his strengths. Uh, Garrett in not his senior year, but last year, Garrett looked better than he looked this year so that that's all part and parcel this whole nitpicking of players which is why you don't have a play you can say is the clear-cut number one best player in this draft kind of a circular answer there but that's just how i see this draft playing out um anything else you want to ask david um sean yeah yeah uh david do you see any uh well, for lack of a better way of putting it, do you see any sleepers that people don't necessarily have uh, on their radar, so to speak, coming in and uh, being selected in the first round this year? Any guys that are going to be selected in the first round? Um, I would have said originally about a week ago, week and a half ago, I would have said a Dory Jackson, but he's kind of – his stock has definitely gained gained some steam. Um, Evan Ingram is a guy that, you know, I think a lot of people like, and I think at the tail end of the draft, when you look at some of these teams that might be looking for an offensive weapon, especially if there's an early run on defensive players, you know, they might, they might decide to go with a guy that's, that's kind of a surprise at the tail end there. Um, I think he's a guy that would probably surprise most, but the guy that, that I've kind of been, been high on, uh, throughout this process that is getting some first round talk, but he's getting a lot of day two talk as well as Buda Baker. And, you know, he's – I think everybody would have him at third or fourth in the safety list. Uh, he's my third safety um, by by probably more of a margin than than most people have him at, at three between number three and four. But he's a guy I really think is going to get into the back end of the first round. Uh, but he's, he's getting a little bit of day two love more than he's getting some day one love. Last question for you, David. Um, mm-hmm. 
you now have uh, Ruben Foster. Uh, they've just had the rape allegations against the Ohio State cornerback uh, Connolly, um, and then you've had the. Um, it's not a fail, but it diluted drug test and it's treated as a fail test for Peppers. Right. How do you see that playing out in the draft, and how do you see these players either sliding or, um, I don't know, staying put uh, where people, what teams project? How much of an impact do you think this is going to have on the draft? I don't think it's going to have – what's that? I was going to say, I just read Foster's not even invited to the, uh, to the draft. Um, and usually try and invite about 20 people there. So I guess the the read is that he's not going to make it through the first round. He's probably going to be more of a day two pick. Right. And I mean, it's certainly possible. Um, obviously, you know, those on the inside of the, of the organizational structures know more than we do out here. Uh, we, we're kind of uh, at the mercy of getting the, the, the nibbles that we get through, you know, press releases and all that stuff. But just looking at it for face value, I don't, I don't think – diluted samples are going to have that big of an impact. I think if there's a slip, if there's a slide for either one of these players, that there's something more behind the scenes. Maybe there was, uh, you know, something something more to that uh, medical incident at the Combine with Ruben, and maybe there's some things that were unearthed in their, in their homework uh, going into his past and how he interacts with staffs. Because, I mean, you, you don't want to bring a player on the team that, you know, he might be a, a leader amongst the players, but he's not going to be able to work with the medical staff. He's not going to want to be a team player when it comes to some of the junior coaches because that's just that's just something that could spread like a cancer through your team. And I think there might be more to that story, more than the diluted sample. Um, just kind of looking into a little bit, I mean, diluted samples, they're not – I don't want to say they're common, but they're not uncommon. And there were, there were more than a few players on Twitter today talking about how they've had diluted samples and you know during the mm. season or during the off season when you get a diluted sample they just call you and they say hey you got to come back in your sample is diluted and you give another sample right then and there and these are guys who have not been busted for you know performance dancing drug or illegal street drugs so it's just something like hey okay my, my sample is diluted got it uh, come back in you test me again and i'm clean and i and you know i don't know the processes how long it is between getting that diluted sample in the NFL and having to re, you know, give a new sample, and if there's enough time to get your system clean, and you know, all those, all those, all those considerations. Um, but just on face value with what we know, I, I don't, I don't see it as a huge deal, just because those players aren't retested; they're not allowed to give another sample. So, if if we're if we're not going to give them the full NFL NFL protocol when they're pros, then I don't think it's fair to necessarily hold it fully against them. But that being said, I mean, I'm Peppers, you know, Peppers isn't really a, a solid day one lock uh, as it is. Um, Reuben Foster, you know, uh, if, if he wasn't invited, you know, to, to, the, to the proceedings, or, you know, that, could be, uh, that could be signs of things to come because, you know, they like to invite those guys that they know are going to get on camera in prime time. Um, but, but with Reuben, I think, uh, I think there's more rumblings going on about maybe some personality issues that maybe weren't so uh, publicized while he was in Alabama more than the uh, diluted drug tests. And then uh, for Conley, I mean, uh, you know, again, there's more, there's more that those inside the organizations know than we do, of course. But if, if there's a grain of truth uh, to what's being said, uh, he, he's, a, he's out of round one. I don't see any team taking, taking a chance in round one if, if they believe there's any truth behind what, what's happened. Well, you know, we mentioned this uh, off air, and I'll repeat it here now. Um, and, uh, I'm beginning to be suspicious. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. Uh, let me just finish this one little point and okay. then go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Um, 
I'm a little suspicious right now of these stories that are breaking so late, so close to the draft. Uh, we remember last year with Tunzel showing up with the gas mask on on Instagram that people suddenly found this picture of him um, with, uh, you know, a bong or whatever that was supposed to be. Right. Uh, I'm wondering if agents or teams or whatever are leaking this information out to drive down the value of a player. So a guy will slide down, say, in the mid-teens or the 20s or whatever, um, giving you a chance at a player without necessarily having to trade up to get him. Yeah, and I mean, some of that stuff is definite, you know, definitely possibilities. There could be a team that, you know, had this evidence of the diluted sample and decided, like, hey, let's get some of our guys to push it out and make her a bigger deal than it has to be so that the court of public opinion gets gets all foggy and, you know, now you got teams worrying about how are fans going to react. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you're, if you're building an NFL roster and you're taking players that are going to build the future of your team, Right, public opinions got to take some part in it. I think because it is a business, and you definitely want to keep your fans happy and coming. But everybody knows winning, winning solves everything. And I mean, you could take Joe Mixon at the top of the NFL draft, and as long as Joe Mixon's you know running for fourteen hundred yards every year, giving you a dozen touchdowns or so, and you're winning games, you know, uh, two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen, nobody's gonna care. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Sean, we only got about we only got a few minutes left. Go ahead. Were you gonna uh, ask? David, tell everyone how they can follow your work and your podcast and, and all, please, sir. Yeah, so uh, at, at Twitter, you can find me at draftbucks underscore DH. Um, I do some uh, so a little bit of draft work on uh, profootballspot.com, you know, uh, still still writing for those guys uh, when I can. Um, the pewterplank.com, part of fan side is where all my Buccaneer stuff goes. And then, like I said, the, uh, the new podcast we're on. I think episode nine is uh, what we're recording tonight. It'll go up tomorrow on uh, iTunes, wow. Google Podcast Addict uh, is uh, Walking the Plank. And, uh, you know, again, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Looking forward to doing it again. And uh, looking forward to having you guys on to uh, to talk Saints Bucks this year. Absolutely. Thank you, Absolutely. David. Looking forward to that. Thank you, David. Appreciate Thank you guys. It. Have a good night. Good luck. And, and, right. and just for the record, uh, selfishly, it is one of our guys. Uh, I appreciate that. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, okay, guys. Okay, um, moving on. We still have everyone, correct? Uh, I know uh, I should have done that off camera, but uh, no, we have that. Well, Stewart uh, dropped out, but he should be coming back in. Yeah, he said he had uh, camera issues. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me see. I, I want to go ahead and get started um, so uh, we can be very aware of time. Um, uh, and we'll begin with introductions, I, I suppose. I'm going to introduce these guys. Uh, Absolutely. Every one of them are uh, friends of mine and have played an integral part in either the development of Drew's dad, 3721, as a writer or as a uh, podcast host, one or the other. Uh, not the least of which is the guy that I'm going to begin with who served as my, well, I say served. It was probably like a life sentence, but uh, I worried this guy to death. Uh, and he's getting a bit of a longer introduction than everyone else will. But uh, all of that being said, um, 
I'm very happy to uh, welcome to the Under the Dome podcast someone that's, that's a mentor to me when I began writing it at Dot.com. And that is the Indianapolis Colts journalist, uh, Jake Arthur. I'm going to let hey, you introduce up, yourself, brother. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you having me on for this. Uh, it's really cool. You guys having your first live mock draft show. I'm grateful to be a part of it. We're glad to have you, for sure. Thanks. Jake is going to be representing the AFC South tonight, and he will be making the picks for all of those four teams. Uh, okay. Uh, represent the AFC East will be uh, John Butler of from The Last Word on Sports. John, you want to give a quick introduction, brother? Um, I think John disappeared. I saw him get up, and he is not in right now. I have a black okay. spot where he was. Okay. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm quoting a, a police song now. There's a little black spot where John used to be. <laughs> okay, it turned green, <laughs> so we're making progress. Okay, we'll, we'll – Yeah, there we go. We'll come back to John. Um, representing the AFC North is – Another great friend of mine, uh, a guy that I've worked closely with together before, and that is uh, representing, uh, actually covering the Cleveland Browns, Jack Kopansky. Jack, you want to introduce yourself, brother? For sure. How's it going, Sean? Appreciate you having me on, as always. Uh, this is a great thing. Like Jake said, you know, this is very cool being, uh, being able to be a part of the first uh, live draft here. So, yeah, appreciate you having me on, and I'm excited to get going. All right. Representing the AFC West, we're going to have another regular on our show uh, and someone that's like a little brother to me, that is Bob Rose. Bob, how can everybody find you and follow you, brother? Hey, Sean. Hey, Alan. Gentlemen, I appreciate you having me on tonight. Uh, I apologize, everybody. The guys told me that they were all going to dress up, so I did too. Uh, but I write... Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm a contributing writer for the Canal Street Chronicles, uh, and they can be followed uh, on Twitter uh, at Saints CSC. Uh, and we have our own Facebook page as well. Uh, I, I, my work can also be followed on Twitter at uh, Bobby R2613 uh, or through the Canal Street Chronicles website. Uh, thank you, everybody, for who, uh, for who does follow. Uh, and if you know anybody that's a Saints fan or a football fan, link them up with us. I love the classic just, Broncos helmet. I love that helmet back there. I do, too. I just want somebody to take a snapshot of Bob in that regalia and send it to John Hendricks and see what he says. <laughs> uh, uh, moving right along, that, that covers the AFC side of things. And we're presenting the NFC. Uh, the NFC West will be covered by Stuart Court. Coming to us live tonight via... Coventry, England. Stuart, how are you tonight? Uh oh. Is he on mute? Did we lose Stuart? No, I'm mute. I think he's there. Okay. Okay. Stuart, can you get your microphone to work there? Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll tag Stuart. Uh, Representing the NFC North will be. The host of um, uh, 
I've lost my notes. I'll let him introduce himself. Luke Inman. Hey, how, how we doing, guys? <laughs> Great intro. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm going to just let you know. Yeah, there's this guy here. <laughs> you know, I was a little worried to begin with, knowing that I'm in the middle of Houdat Nation being a Viking guy and, and in Minnesota. So go easy on me. Uh, but uh, I, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, Jake hooked me up with you guys. I follow a lot of your guys' work on Twitter and whatnot, which you can follow mine on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman and uh, all my draft work on zonecoverage.com. So just excited to be a part of this, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you Absolutely. so much, That's Luke. Great. Um, you got it. And I apologize for the flubbed intro there. I'm sure it's not accident. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, we want – it makes you feel any better, man. Week one is going to be way worse for for uh, Vikings. I, I'm not Mason. looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've already good. said the uh, the Tracy Porter interception of Favre is like Saints fan porn. Oh, <laughs> especially listening to Paul Allen just totally lose it after he says, you know. Why I think, I think that yeah, that that uh, uh, void that little audio segment is burned into every Vikings fan's brain <laughs> for life. So we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to uh, live with that one for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing it up, though. Appreciate it. You. <laughs> awesome. hey, You're welcome. That's what we're here for, brother. Right. Uh, <laughs> move right along. Representing the. NFC East is going to be another uh, uh, I think we have volume now from Stuart. Stuart, do we have you, brother? Can you hear me? Yes. I think we can hear you now. Uh, representing the AFC, uh, the NFC West, we have from Coventry, England, Stuart Court. Stuart, do you introduce yourself and tell everyone how they can follow your work, brother? Hi, oh, yeah, um, yeah uh, I work for profootballspot.com, covering the Seahawks, uh, Lone Wolf in that uh, currently. Um, I also run, host, produce the UK Seattle Seahawks fans podcast, which is called the Pedestrian Podcast. You can get that on Podbean and on the Facebook group. And yeah, I just really do appreciate you guys having me on. It's currently 25 to 3 in the morning over here, so the Red Bull's well, we- <laughs> We very much appreciate your sacrifice for our benefits. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It means a lot to us that you're willing to do that, to uh, to be a part of what we're doing. Um, representing the NFC East, we have another regular from our show. Uh, and I – y'all forgive me, but uh, this, this is one of the guys that I consider one of my own. Not just under the dome zone. This is one of my guys. Uh, Tyler Raymond, introduce yourself, brother. Well, thank you for having me, Sean. Um, it's a pleasure. I, I'm honored to be here with a lot of great guys here, and I'm looking forward to it. My name is Tyler Raymond. I cover the New Orleans Saints. I can be followed on Twitter for my work at Raymond Tyler M. And I currently write for Who That Dish. Looking forward to it tonight. Thank you guys so much. Did I? Oh, I'm sorry. Matt's sitting there like, you, sorry. <laughs> last, but certainly not. And I left. No, Matt he's least. Last. He is least. <laughs> I left Matt last for a very specific purpose. And the fact that he represents tonight our very own NFC South division. Uh, 
Ulrich, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Matt, would you introduce yourself and tell everyone how they can follow you, please? Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Ulrich. I'm probably one of the very few non-riders in this mock draft. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NFL Ulrich 17 I'm posting a little more Saints draft stuff. I also got Facebook and also Snapchat if you also want to follow me. Well, let's begin the mock draft soon, shall we? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Just to go over a few basic rules of this um, madness, shall we? Each team ha has a two-minute time limit to make their selection. Um, every – okay. Uh, we have 32 picks to uh, coordinate tonight. Every two minutes, which Alan will be monitoring the time, we're going to uh, be moving team to team. Um, did I forget anything, Alan? I don't believe so, no. I mean, we're just going to try and roll through this as quickly as we can. Um, I mean, we have, what, 45 minutes? No, more than that, an hour and a half. Hey, we got expanded uh, to coverage to tonight. Yes, yeah, so an hour and a half to get through this. So we got to try and get through this. 32 names. It sounds like it'd be quick, but it won't be. Okay, um, uh, are you guys ready to get started? Let's do, do it, baby. Yeah. All righty. So, let's go ahead and start. The Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. <laughs> I wanted to I've been waiting to hear those words phrase. for months now. Yeah, a very common All phrase. Right. <laughs> uh, well, to make you guys very happy, I uh, this this is this pick is not going to take two minutes. Uh, <laughs> Oh. I, I've pretty much pretty much known who this was going to be for a while now, as I think most people do. Uh, so with the first pick, the Cleveland Browns select Miles Garrett, defensive end out of Texas A&M. There we go. Okay. Oh, right. So the San Francisco 49ers are now on the clock. Yeah. Uh, new broom in San Francisco. Um, they're installing the Seahawks adjacent defense, I think. They need all the help they can get on that side of the ball. Uh, Miles Garrett has been pretty nailed on that spot. Um, Jonathan Allen, Solomon Thomas have both been linked. Quarterback is, I think, it's just quite simple at this point, I think. And the San Francisco 49ers select Jamal Adams from LSU. Pair him up with his former uh, his college teammate, uh, Reed, Eric Reed over there. So, interesting. Okay, so Jamal Adams is now off the board. All right, the Chicago Bears are now on the clock. Yeah, here's the deal. I think uh, everybody's kind of getting in tune with Jamal Adams being one of the best players in the draft. He gets sniped right before the Bears. I think that would have been the pick. So, instead, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to rebuild that front seven uh, for John Fox and that's Solomon Thomas from Stanford, a guy that I just think they can build around. Jonathan Allen would have been the pick, but uh, it sounds like two mm -hmm. bum shoulders is kind of pushing him down the board um, as we near the draft. So Solomon Thomas, one of those pieces you can build around in that Absolutely. front seven. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll be a good fit in uh, 
in uh, Vic Fangio's 3-4 defense. So. And, and I just want to say this, you know, I think cornerback or, or, you know, Malik Hooker would be an option, but I think you can get a cornerback in this deep draft later on in rounds two and three, especially early in round two where the, where the Bears are picking. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait Absolutely. on that later. Yep. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and now the Jacksonville Jaguars are now on the clock. All right, fellas, as much as I would love to ruin the Jaguars with this pick. (laughs) They'll do it for you. Don't worry. (laughs) They're they're missing a couple things. I'd love to give them a quarterback right here, but they can probably wait around. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give them a steady balance on offense, and I'll give them Leonard Fournette out of LSU. you know, their run game hasn't been cutting it. They've tried a few different pieces over the last few years. It's just not going well. Blake Bortles, who knows how he's going to perform. But they at least have some consistency with their offense, particularly the run game, if they get someone like Well, I love you, Jake. Absolutely. As a Saints fan, sending him over to the AFC South and sending him playing the NFC South, I'm very happy to see that. So, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so Jake, now you. All right, so now you have the Tennessee Titans, who are probably going to be the biggest uh, threat in this division this year. Uh, the Titans are very quietly assembling a pretty good team. Um, I know when we were shopping Leonard, uh, I mean not Leonard Fournette, when we were shopping Brandon Cooks, I was really hoping to uh, to ship him to the Titans to get one of these draft picks to get a shot at some of these top defensive players. Uh, but, of course, the Titans weren't going to budge from number five. So who do you see them taking at five? Uh, well, this is particularly the case after they released Jason McCourty. Uh, but I think it would be a really good idea to address their secondary. Uh, their cornerbacks have been an issue for a while, even with McCourty around. He was always the best member of their secondary for the last several years. Uh, I think the best bet for them is to add Marshawn Lattimore into the secondary from Ohio State. Yes, very good player. Probably the best corner in this draft. Uh, Great player. Uh, I kind of was hoping he'd slide to the Saints at 11, but no, that's a great place to take him. Okay, so now we come to my favorite part of the draft. The New York Jets are on the clock. And I'm sorry, but it now going to Philadelphia, it's just not going to be the same as it was when it was in New York City. And the who's to of mental illness, that is the Jets fans, come out there chanting and booing whatever pick the Jets make. So what do who do the Jets – who do Jet fans hate now? We want sap. Um, <laughs> no, my, uh, my connection's really bad. I got a storm right over my head, so I hope I get through this. Um, just, We're just good to, with you, you know, Take advantage. Uh, I appreciate it. With the, uh, with the two minutes I got, I just want to do a little refresher. Obviously, the Jets finished in the cellar of the AFC East last year, 5-11. Um, their power rankings, offense, defense, everything was right in the cellar. Um, they're Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, experiment failed miserably. So now they've got the combination of uh, Josh McCown, who they just brought in, uh, Bryce Petty, and then uh, second-year guy, Christian Hackenberg, who anybody who watched Penn State the past few years knows what they have with him. Um, 
I, with Todd Bowles being in that that uh, that really tough third year as a head coach, he hasn't really had too much success thus far. Uh, I, I think uh, a culture change changes in order, and uh, as much as I would like to take Mitch Trubisky, I think I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. He's got a little more experience. He doesn't wow. have wow. quite the same tools that Trubisky has, and he not not quite the same pro offense. But um, if Bill Parcells says he only trusts quarterbacks with more than one year of pro uh, with college experience starting. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to Parcells. And I'm gonna go with uh, Deshaun Watson. John, that is such a Jets type pick. I love it. <laughs> it really is. It's and if it fails, it won't bother me. It, I mean, free radio. If you were going to Deshaun Watson, I could just hear them now because you know they're chanting for oh God, a running back or you know a receiver or something like that. You give them Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Donovan McNabb. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so now we come to this team, the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, unfortunately, Lance Allworth is not available. Um, we do not have we do not have John Hadel. We don't have Lincoln. Um, we don't have uh, my, one of my all time favorite head coaches um, uh, coaching the team. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, wait, what? No, not Don Coryell. We're talking. I'm talking way back in the Los Angeles Chargers area. And actually, Jack Kemp was the quarterback back then. Um, wow. Uh, which the uh, oh god, I can picture him the bow tie. The, the he invented the passing game. Uh, basically, he invented um, the nine route. Uh, uh, I, I'm just drawing a blank on his name. People are screaming it right now to the camera. But uh, anyway. Los Angeles Chargers, Bob. Who do you have the Chargers taking? Uh, well, I mean, the Chargers are a mess right now. They don't they don't have a real stadium. They don't have a real city that's accepting them yet. Uh, coming off of a 5-11 and 11 year, uh, they're in every game, but they do just enough to lose it. Their pass defense last year, guys, was, was absolutely atrocious. Uh, their cornerbacks are a bigger mess than what their safeties are. But with the top cornerback off of the board already, uh, and Jamal Adams, uh, obviously going to be gone, already gone by this pick. I got to go with Malik Hooker from Ohio State. That's a good pick. That's a, that's Repeat a good pick that, that. Uh, Safety. Yeah, Malik Hooker. Hooker. The Los safety. Angeles Chargers select safety Malik Hooker from Ohio State. Wow. That's, uh, that's nice. a very good pick, actually, because, uh, yeah, they, they lost um, – they they, uh, they lost Waddle and um, yeah they need they have a hole in that se- that whole secondary was terrible that defense yeah. was terrible um, except for Bosa front, yeah except Bosa and uh, and Ingram they really don't have very much in that defense so that's a good pick for them. I'm sorry Alan I just want to let everyone know at this early stage of things just going to try to uh, to live tweet all the picks as they were made but uh, I can't keep up with that. So once the uh, once the draft is complete, or once this first round of this of this <laughs> draft is completed, I'm going to tweet out all the results uh, following. So okay, good deal, good deal. Okay, so now we come to the Carolina Panthers, who are mm-hmm. cursing the Jaguars for taking Fournette in front of them. Um, so now the Panthers, who um, they need a running game, they. Uh, they also need offensive linemen. 
Um, they need some help in the back end and that secondary, even though they had a very young secondary, they can still use some depth back there. So, so Matt, who do you have the Carolina Panthers picking? Well, I did interview Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers, but I have questions about scheme fit. They're, they're looking for more of a downhill kind of nose to the ground runner that Stewart was. So they're probably going to wait on, so they'll probably wait later on. But I know the Saints are picking at 11, so I'm looking at edge rusher, and I'm probably going to take Derek Barnett. God! Wow. <laughs> You're fired! You good there, Sean? <laughs> so you've got Barnett going to the Panthers. Wow. That's a, great, Saints fans are, that's a great pick. Saints fans man. are losing their minds right now. Yeah, that is a very good pick. Uh, Saints yeah. fans are losing their mind right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but that Damn. would be the total pick. I can just see the Panthers or even the Bengals do it. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, the Bengals are next on the clock. Um, and I just stick very, a nail in my. <laughs> well, very quietly, <laughs> you know, uh, Allen valid all the way to the Bengals, and. The Bengals fans, right now, they're enjoying their por- their draft porn because this is their dream that uh, Allen has slid all the way down to them at nine. Um, Jack, do you share that emotion for the Bengals? Would they go ahead and take Allen here from Alabama? You know, I, 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 I personally was uh, and still am in a way a big, big John Allen fan. Um, mm-hmm. I know someone else brought it up. The you know the shoulder injuries and the arthritis in there is was obviously a big concern because you know basically the prognosis is that is it's only going to get worse from here on out. So that was a real, real bummer to hear. You know I think that you know obviously him still being on the board here is great. I think a name like Cam Robinson here uh, is also in play to help bolster that O line. Um, but ultimately, I do think that um, that that should he slip to nine, that the Bengals will pick up John Allen, and that is what I am going to do here for the Bengals. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay. another solid pick. I think that's probably going to be dead on right because I do see, for the same reasons you listed, I see uh, Jonathan Allen sliding because people are just concerned about the shoulder. They're concerned a little bit about him being maybe undersized. Uh, at at a defensive tackle, but I think they're going to get a great player regardless. Um, okay, so John, we're up to you again. And since Chris Berman has retired, we won't get to hear this phrase anymore. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. How who are the Buffalo Bills circling the wagons around now? Uh, you know what? I I was torn with this one. You know. Uh... There's a couple of really big offensive weapons still on the board, and Tyrod Taylor could obviously uh, use all the help he can get. He can get. Um, but uh, with, with Sean McDermott being a, a relatively defensive-minded guy, yeah, whatever uh, whatever Saints fans are left that want this guy, unfortunately, I'm going to take Hassan Reddick um, at 10 and give him to the Buffalo Bills. Sorry, guys. Was wow. that uh, was that Bob Rose collapsing in the corner somewhere? <laughs> wow! Uh, <laughs> right in front of the Saints. My Hassan man, Riddick. 
Yes. Okay. So Hassan Riddick goes to the Bills. Um, actually, that's, that's a pretty a good fit. That's a, uh, and here I was. Here I was worried that uh, that all misplaced guys, which were the New Orleans Saints guys, covering these uh, these satellite uh, divisions. I was worried that they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't call it down the middle, and they've just actually like nailed it. It's not Saint sabotage. It's just no. I, I tell you what, hey guys, this is a very good looking draft. Um, hey man, I, okay, you guys have have nailed it so. Far. I love what you guys are doing. Keep it down. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so now the Saints are on the clock. And if I'm happy because I see only two offensive players have gone so far, so you've got some good offensive players who are sliding right now, including Christian McCaffrey. Um, I would be tempted if I was the Saints to trade down. Now, we're not doing trades in this, but I would be tempted to trade down right now because – You've got McCaffrey, you've got O.J. Howard, who, if the Saints had him on the card, I'd be like George Costanza running over the woman and the old lady in the walker to get that pick to the front to get O.J. Howard, because you know how I am about pass-catching tight ends. But um, since there's no trade, Matt, who do you have the Saints taking now at 11 with Barnett, Riddick, Thomas all gone, and and uh, Lattimore all gone. Oh my God! Well, if I know if I take OJ Howard, Sean's going to jump through the computer and strangle me. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the only one. He's not the only one. Yeah, he'll find a way. But I did not land the trade with Malcolm but Malcolm Butler. So I'm looking at corner, and even though with the allegations, I'm looking at it. Oh. And I'm wow. And so I'm oh, gonna take Arion Connolly from Ohio State. Oh my gosh. Oh man. With <laughs> all those corners that could possibly slide down, you're jumping on the corner. You are gonna get bombarded with hate. Hey, hey, you know, hey, 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 hey. Hey. A lot of hate. Oh, that's hey. We I, we I, hired I this man would, for we hired this man for his ability. Let's yeah. leave him alone and let him do his game. No, it's fine. I, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm just disowning him as a son. That's all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I, 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 because hey, I credited for Samuel from Ohio State to be my satellite bag, not so much McCaffrey. Okay, yeah, I probably would have gone McCaffrey if this is how the draft falls and I couldn't trade down. I probably would take McCaffrey here, much to the chagrin of a lot of Saints fans. Um, but that's just me. Okay, so the Browns just, are back on the – Hey, hey, it's just a product of his record. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Browns are back on the clock again. Um, do the Browns come back this time and take a quarterback or do they go somewhere else and, and wait on quarterbacks? The, for me, this is this is a dream scenario for Cleveland and for me as well. Because if for for me personally, if if, if I'm the Browns, if, if any if, if either between Watson or Trubisky is there at twelve, I think that's what you have to do. Um, and I've been hearing the name Kaiser as well. I think that if, for me personally, he is incredibly overrated and not ready to start yet. Uh, not to say that I'm Trubisky really necessarily is. Uh, but I still think Trubisky is has the most arm talent for me. And at 12, with him falling, uh, the Browns take the hometown boy, Mitch Trubisky. 
absolutely. I can see that. I can see yeah. that right there too. Uh, that's pretty much a. Uh, I think that's pretty much a lock. So why all okay. the why all the hostility to Mitch Trubisky jokes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at one there's some hostility. At twelve, I'll welcome him with open arms. I'll buy him a beer when there he we gets go. here if we can get no, him at twelve. <laughs> that that okay. That takes us right back to country England for the Arizona Cardinals pick at number thirteen. Court, court. What say you about the Arizona Cardinals? Did we lose Stewart? Oh, did, did we lose Stewart again? I don't think so. His mic's probably no, right there. Okay, great. I think we're going to have a time um, delay when it comes to uh, overseas broadcast. I I think so. Um, uh, this is going to be a difficult pick because this is actually uh, this is where the draft gets kind of interesting because the Cardinals can go in several directions. Um, there was a lot of talk right now that the Cardinals would take a quarterback here uh, to kind of groom behind um, um, Carson Palmer. Palmer. Thank you, Carson Palmer. I'm drawing a blank on these things, so I'm not sure. And Stewart is still trying to play with his mic to see if he can get his sound back. Uh, I'm not Maybe sure he, if he chatted it in because because that seems to be working still. The chat, yeah. so if his chat. mic's not working, might be able to chat it in. Yes, Stewart, can you type it in real quick? Good, perfect, perfect. Hey, this is what happens when we go live. There's going to be technical <laughs> problems, so it is no worries. I want to take this opportunity. Yeah, I want to take this opportunity no to thank uh, not only our esteemed panel of. Uh, of analysts, uh, Jack, Jake, Stuart, um, Luke, Matt, uh, Tyler. <laughs> I think I got it. And John. Uh, and John. Did uh, you mention Bob? All right. I think, and Bob. You Stuart. really did do the Magnificent Seven and Bob. There we go. <laughs> All right. The Magnificent, the Magnificent Seven and Bob. Uh, this, that's what we were referring to this all week in rehearsals. Well, good deal. Well, Stewart typed in his pick. He took Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback from Alabama, which actually Ooh. is a good pick. Uh, you just nice. put him in in a killer secondary with uh, Patrick Robinson, the Honey Badger, um, and that was one of the problems. And you saw that when the Saints played the Cardinals, for all you Saints fans that are watching. Um, you know, when the Saints played the Cardinals, Patrick Peterson was trying to uh, first follow around Michael Thomas and uh, Brandon Cooks lit him up, lit up the Cardinals secondary. So they moved Thomas, they moved uh, Peterson to start covering Cooks and Thomas came alive. So that's a great pick for, uh, for the Cardinals right there uh, with Humphrey coming in and helping out that secondary. Okay. So this is going to be the equivalent now of the Jets fans, uh, in New York, we get the Eagles on the clock. Eagles fans in the in the uh, in the arena screaming for a certain player. Who do the Eagles fans want, and who are the Eagles going to actually take? Okay, Tyler so right Man. now, um, so right now, I've got the Eagles. When I look at it, they've got two needs. Their pass defense is really poor, so I think either maybe a cornerback or safety there. But Carson Wentz doesn't have anyone to throw to. He's a young quarterback beyond Alshon Jeffrey. He would love to have someone else. So 
with the 14th overall selection, the Philadelphia Eagles select Mike Williams of Clemson. Oh, they will love that pick. They will yes, they love will. that. Uh, that That's a really good pick for them. Um, because I have, a, I have a friend. Actually, well, I actually have a friend who's an Eagles fan on Facebook. Uh, and he's Italian, too, which is even better. And, uh, yeah, he... Uh, hey, what are you doing? Oh, God. He, uh, he, he really he hated uh, the receiver, Nelson. Uh, I can't think of his... His, his name, um, no, not no, not Jack, the, uh, the he's a, he was the third Nelson receiver. Aguilar. Ness, yes, yeah. thank you. He hates him. He hates At him this with a passion. Needs to be Nelson Mandela, man. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, even that. Yeah, he would like to jail him, but uh, yeah, he's a lot of fun when the Saints play the Eagles. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, so, all right, so now we go up to Jake and uh, his team. The Indianapolis Colts is on the clock. Um, the Colts have a lot of needs right now. Um, so where do you see them going right here on this pick? Uh, well, I'm going to follow Chris Ballard's lead and go best player available over need, um, unless there's evenly ranked players. And while it's kind of crazy to see O.J. Howard still available at this point, uh, my guy in this draft, the guy I'm dying on the hill for, is Reuben Foster. That is my guy. Ah! Hey, you're going with Reuben Foster? Wow. The Colts wow. are taking Reuben Foster. He immediately gives that defense an identity. He upgrades one of the crappier defenses in the league instantly. <laughs> Reuben Foster is a Colt. Wow. Well, is that hey. a, is, Jake, wow. is that a journalistic term? Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, you know me. I play it loose in my hey. writing. I kid you. I kid you not. I'm gonna tell the story real quick. I kid you not. We. I used to work for the uh, college newspaper in at UL Lafayette, and our sports writer was talking about a game-winning field goal, and he actually put in the story the crowd went ape shit, and we're like, <laughs> you can't write that. <laughs> you may think they did. But you can't write that in a story. <laughs> the crowd went ape shit. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm oh sorry, that God. was not in the AP style book anywhere. Okay. So, uh, Jack, now it's your turn. The Baltimore Ravens, and I, I've got to tell you, um, the Ravens are probably one of the, the masters of the draft. Um, they know how to find players. And I have a feeling who y'all going to go with right here, but I want to see if I'm right. Uh, the Ravens must be really happy because a lot of key players have fallen right to them. And they could go any which any direction, but I think I know who this player is going to be. But let's see if I'm right. Who do you have the Ravens taken? Jack? Is he here? Do it. Did we lose him? His camera and he's muted. Okay, he just fell out. He fell out. Great. Okay. Okay, well. Should we try messaging him? Um, I I think that if I'm going to take a guess, I think they're going to go with O.J. Howard right here. But let's see if we're right. He's back. Okay, Jack. Are you back? Do we have you, Jack? All work and no play makes Jack uh, dull boy. Wait a minute now. That's Jake. 
Jack. Jack. Jake. Oh, it's Jake. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, it says Jack for the Ravens. It says Jack on the on the on the list. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm Jack looking at he would be. He would be. He's in the same division Jake. as the Browns. Jack. It should be Jake. It should be Jack. Yeah, because it's the Ravens, yeah. the, the Browns, Jack. the Bengals, and the Steelers. I just so. said Jake because Jake's on camera. I apologize. Okay. All right. It's okay. live TV, and what are you gonna? Do? There we go. There we go. So it's yeah, so it's Jack. so Jack. Okay, so we... Jack Copans, yeah. what yeah. say you, brother? Jack just shot the people. Okay. All right. You can hear anything that we're saying. Hear anything we're saying. Yeah. Okay. On the messenger. All right. Yeah. Just uh, just have him uh, text it. I guess. Um, let me see if I'm right. Uh, it, it's fitting that he's a okay. He can't lose. What do you okay? It's fitting that he's upset about the Ravens. He's going to drop out then because that is the course the old Cleveland Browns. Um. <coughs> so we've got Good the Ravens. Jack, are we back? All right, I think. All right, I think we're good now. All right, sorry okay. about that. That was, no, that, was some, that was some. That's what happens when we go live. That was some wonky stuff going on. Um. All right, so I missed the pick before me. Who was taken before me? I just want to make uh, sure that this wasn't the Ruben guy. Ruben Foster. Ruben Foster. Ruben Foster. Okay. Uh, so for the Ravens, I'm going to give Joe Flacco another weapon on offense, and I'm going to take uh, Mike Williams from Clemson. Ooh. Well, well, actually, he's, he's already, already gone. gone. Mike Williams was hit by the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Yes. Damn, I missed him too. Sorry. Um, you got Corey Davis if you want him, though. Is, it, uh, is Corey yeah. Davis gone too? Did I miss that? No, no, no. he's, on, he's no. here if you want him. Corey Davis. Okay. All right, so Corey Davis is gone. All righty. So next we have Tyler with the uh, with Hail to okay. the Redskins. So for the two Tim Redskins picking 17, I've got them right now with three needs. Linebacker, defensive line, whatever that may be, running back. Um, I think right now the three defensive lines probably the more prominent one. They've lost uh, 75% three-fourths of their contributors to that defense uh, last year from last year to now. And I noticed that Malik McDowell is still on the clock. Yeah, he is. So my pick will be Michigan State's very own Malik McDowell, defensive lineman, with a 17th selection. They also have an idiot uh, defensive end from the Saints, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> okay. So they got Malik McDowell from Michigan State. Okay. So here's – we're seeing a semi-run on defensive players, but not too bad. Um, we've had a few offensive players go through here. So now the Titans are back mm -hmm. on the clock at 18. So, who do the Titans pair up with uh, Lattimore? Do they go defense again, or do they switch to offense this time around? Do they do no, need a receiver? Tighten up, baby. They now have O.J. Howard to run with Delaney Walker. My tight wow. Oh, man. Hey, I, I just wow. want to ask – I just want to ask you, Jake, did you get wow. that Kenneth Goy to prove? 
What's that? Did you get that Kenneth Goyt approved? Oh, I guarantee it. Him and Stoney and Lucas would all love that pick. Guarantee it. Absolutely. O.J. Howard. And right now, Packers fans are screaming because they were hoping <laughs> he's going to slide all the way down to him. Uh, all the way down to them, I should say. But, uh, okay. So now we have the Tampa Bay Yuccaneers. Um, I'm sorry. Did I say that loud? I'm sorry about that. The Tampa oh, Bay Bucks. Uh, <laughs> you see, David's not on right now, so I can make fun of him. Um, that's okay. Go ahead. That's it. That's it. Uh, Tampa is on now on the clock. Who does Tampa go with right now? Tampa's got some issues. Tampa needs to improve that defense because they're trying to switch over back to a um, away from more of the cover two back to a traditional defense they've got a great linebacking core they don't have much help on the defensive line um is that where you're going to go with this or are you going to go on the offensive line with tampa well tampa does need offensive line help whether they want to admit it or not but they want to upgrade their running back position because they just never stop getting hurt there doug martin missed num- numerous games charles sins missed numerous games heck even jacques rogers missed numerous games so the def- I'm looking at running back, and I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey from Stanford. Wow. Oh, no. You rap wow. bastard. You're a rap bastard. You know that. Oh, no. you, you took him away from the Saints. You gave him to the Bucks. So now we got to watch these linebackers who can't run cover McCaffrey. Thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. Appreciate that. All right. Just, just to recap. But they love McCaffrey more. Just to recap, on this Saints podcast, we've seen – Saints have taken uh, Gary and Conley, and our Saints draft analyst is a rat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it's coming from my father. I was hoping yeah, I can say that. I was hoping he was going to be gone before the Bucks pick. Moving right along. Okay. So now we have the Broncos on the clock. Um, Bob, where do you see the Broncos going with this? Well, John Elway and I just trashed the draft room because uh, Little Mac got taken away. Yeah, I, oh, no. I, bet they, I bet they were uh, excited about him sliding past the Saints and this far down. They thought they could get him. I really, if uh, in all honesty, I think if he is there, uh, the Broncos snatch him up in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Uh, John, Elway, John Elway usually trades down in these situations. Last year, he traded up to get the quarterback, Paxton Lynch. Obviously, we can't trade tonight. Um, Just about every mock draft I have seen has him taken offensive line. And I know they need it bad, but I'll tell you what. They have been trying to replace C.J. Anderson for years, unsuccessfully. And uh, with Lil Mack off the board, with the 20th selection in the draft, the Denver Broncos are going to go Dalvin Cook, Florida State, running back. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, now we have the Lions. The Lions, this is their year. They've been saying this for 50-something years now. But this is the year now for the Lions. Uh, they got new uniforms again. They uh, have a new look again. Um, who do the Lions take this time around? 
Yeah, here's the thing about the Lions. I think they did a, a really good job in, in free agency, shoring up their offensive line. I think they got one of the best offensive lines in the league now after hitting on Taylor Decker. Glasgow's been solid in the middle. Uh, but they went and got uh, Ricky Wagner from the Ravens and TJ Lang. So I think they got a great offensive line. I think helping out Ziggy Ansah or getting a linebacker seems to be the sexy pick right now. So Taco Charlton or Jared Davis – would make sense, but I'm not going to go that way. I think Matt Stafford's got one of the strongest arms in the league. I think they want a tight end, but I think it's so deep at tight end they can wait on that. I'm going to go get the most explosive player in this draft. There's fast, and then there's 4-2-2 fast. I'm going to get Matt Stafford, another weapon, and John Ross. Wow. And I'm going to make that offense uh, one dangerous offense and something that's going to be really tough to – to match up against because Bolden's gone and I like Tate and I like Marvin Jones, but it's a league that you got to spread them out three, four five wide. And they don't have a lot besides those two guys. So I think you got to keep them healthy. And that's a big question mark with John Ross, but uh, when he's on the field, I don't think there's anybody more explosive than him. No, I think that's a great pick because you've got a, uh, you, they need a home run threat. You Tate is a uh, is a good underneath possession guy, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got several possession guys. They need somebody to put the fear of God in a defense, and I think Ross will do that. Um, okay, so now we're now we're to the Miami Dolphins. Um, Dolphins are in another. Um, they they made the playoffs. Um, they got embarrassed by the Steelers, but. They think they're they're close now that they really have a chance to challenge the Patriots. So, John, who do you see the Dolphins taking to uh, to challenge the Patriots and try and win the division for the first time since what two thousand six, two thousand eight, whatever year the the year that uh, which call was hurt, uh, Brady was hurt. I think it was the last time they won the division. Um. Yeah, uh, the the Dolphins obviously have a couple needs uh, from the linebacker back, um, and also up at guard. Uh, I was really hoping Ruben Foster, with the with the issues that he had, would fall here, and, and mm-hmm. the, the Dolphins could grab him up. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, uh, I guess uh, being a Saints fan, I really value protecting the quarterback, even if it is Ryan Tannehill. So I'm going to go with uh, Forrest Lamp, uh, guard out of uh, Western Kentucky. Um, That's a good pick. Actually, Forrest Lamp, uh, the the, the offensive guard. And uh, he's the top-rated guard in the draft, so that's a good pick right there. Okay, so Tyler, we're back to you again with the Giants. The G-Men on the clock. where do you see the G-men going with this? Okay, Russell so Hurts I talked to <laughs> – No, Russell looks like he's okay, so... on the clock and watch your mouth. Okay, so <laughs> me being from New York, I work with a lot of people that are Giants fans, so I got some insight there talking to them. I'm sorry. The general consensus hmm? – Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. And the general consensus uh, at the time, if anyone was available – was a big body tight end or a really good running back, for example, Christian McCaffrey, but he's gone. Or maybe even a wide receiver because Victor Cruz left. Just someone to pair up with and oh Beckham. But I figure you have Eli Manning quarterback. And he's Eli Manning. He's gonna throw a lot of birds, a lot of interceptions, unless you give him an O line 
to protect him a bit so he can find the right person to throw to that hopefully is in the same color uniform as him. So I'm going <laughs> with the 23rd overall selection, offensive tackle Cam Robinson of Alabama. So. Okay, Cam Robinson. The less than sexy pick, but uh, that is a good pick for it them. Works. Um, they, they need some help on that offensive line. So now for the first time, probably since 2002, the Raiders are drafting in the 20s. Um, <laughs> instead, of, instead of the single digits. So, Bob, uh, who do you have? And Al Davis is no longer around, so we, we don't have speed going right away. Who do you have the Raiders taking? Uh, I'll tell you, this Raider team was a real up-and-comer team last year. Most of us saw it coming, uh, but this defense was still really bad. Uh, pretty much on any at any level. I mean, they Leo Mack, uh, who's who's a stud. Other than that, they don't have much. There is a lot of defensive players that have dropped here. Uh, given the other wide receivers that are in the AFC West division and their 24th ranked pass defense last year, I'm going to take in a cornerback. So with the 24th selection, the Raiders are going to draft Trey White from LSU. Wow. Pretty good. I honestly expected White to uh, to fall from LSU to fall uh, into the uh, into the second round uh, because I thought a lot of big corners would go ahead of him. But that's that's interesting. Okay, so now we're to the Houston Texans, who spent seventy five million dollars on a quarterback that was so bad <laughs> they paid the Browns to take him. Um. Don't insult the guests. Yeah. Hey, no, I'm not insulting the guests. I'm insulting the Texans. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the Texans need a quarterback. Um, the problem <laughs> is that the quarterbacks they probably were interested there in. There ain't no quarterback. Trubisky, That's the problem. Yeah, Trubisky and, uh, and Watson are gone, and Tony Romo took his ambulance to the broadcast booth. So – who do the Texans go with now? Well, fully agree that they need a quarterback. Uh, this is one of the most underachieving teams in the league when it comes to playoff time. Their defense carries them there. Their offense does just enough in the regular season. But their lack of a quarterback year in and year out screws them every year. So uh, we're going to go ahead. There, there's unfortunately no one who can play right away. So this player will be behind Tom Savage, uh, maybe even Brandon Whedon somehow. Uh, but a guy I think who fits uh, Bill O'Brien's kind of mold a little bit at quarterback and would fit this team will be Notre Dame's Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, now, like I said, he will be sitting a little bit behind uh, Tom Savage, but I think in the long run, that's the best move for them. They need a franchise quarterback. They can't keep messing around with, you know, fourth round pick Tom Savage an unproven guy who is a disaster like Brock Osweiler. They just have to go ahead and get quarterback out of the way. They have to do it. Okay, so uh, uh, Kaiser, from, Kaiser from Notre Dame goes at quarterback. Um, that's interesting because I would have thought that even though as raw as he is, him being from Texas Tech, I would have thought Mahomes might have been the pick here. But uh, that's that's interesting. Okay, so Kaiser's gone now. All right, so now we're to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, 
Stuart, uh, I don't know if your your mic is working or not, but if yeah, it's man. not, go ahead and just okay. Good deal. Good deal. Stuart, um, who do you have the Seahawks taking here? Uh, I went on uh, Matt Danley, who Jake obviously worked on so locked on Colts podcast last week, and it was an ideal situation as this one is for the Seahawks. I am obviously a Seahawks fan. Uh, they could look at cornerback uh, Kevin King. From just down the road at Washington is the most Seahawk-looking corner you could find. Um, I think Adore Jackson could be an option, seems to be an option. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah's saying that it, that's the word he's hearing uh, from all the scouts and all the front office people. But the offensive line is way laid definitely last season and maybe the year before. They signed Luke Jerkle to an eight million contract, still don't really know where they're going to put him. They let Gary Gilliam walk to San Francisco for about $500,000, basically. Um, and the best offensive lineman in this draft class is still on the board. So at number at 26 overall, the Seattle Seahawks select Garrett Bowles out of Utah. Bowles out of Utah. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Um, because that offensive line was a mess, uh, you could see that most of the game, uh, most of the games the Seahawks were playing. Um, yeah, they, uh, especially on the edges, you you saw teams teeing off on uh, on. Uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting all these players' names right now. Uh, the quarterback, <laughs> uh, you know, which quarterback? Uh, the Seahawks quarterback. I Russell can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his name. Russell Wilson, thank you. You saw that in the you saw Dave that in the Atlanta game. Yeah, no, not Dave Craig. I knew that one. And uh but um and it's not Jim Rick Ma- it's not Rick Meyer or Jim Zorn either. Um but yeah, the the offensive line definitely was a mess. Uh and so that's a good start good start. Start building that team. Okay. Uh that was the Garrett next one up. Uh yeah, Garrett Bowles, the offense. Garrett Bowles. Yes, Garrett Bowles, the tackle from Utah. So now we're up to the Chiefs, Bob. And uh, the Chiefs, a lot like the Texans, uh, are one of these teams as perennial regular season winner. They haven't won a playoff game since 1995. They have, well, I'm sorry, they haven't been to an, uh, the championship game since 1995 because they have won in the wild card round, but they've never advanced out of the divisional round. What do the Chiefs need to get them over that hump? Uh, a coach other than Andy Reid. Uh, <laughs> because even when Andy Reid was in Philadelphia, I mean, yeah, the, his teams will always get to the playoffs. They will always be a contender uh, during the regular season, and then they get to the playoffs, and then, they, again, they do just enough to lose it. Uh, this team, the Chiefs have a lot of talent on their roster. I'll tell you what, though, their uh, their defensive rankings were low last year. You never, you always know uh, that any team with Alex Smith is going to have a fairly low um, passing yardage per game. Uh, but they actually showed some explosiveness on that end. I'm like the quarterback. I don't think they go quarterback here. Uh, although Pat Mahomes from Texas Tech is still on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really tempted to go Zach Cunningham from Vanderbilt uh, with Derek. Uh, oh God, I forget his name. Um, Derek, John- Derek, Johnson, Derek Johnson getting up there in years. Uh, mm-hmm. But I looked and I can't believe he fell this far. 
Uh, with the 27th pick, Chiefs are going to go Taco, Taco Charlton from Michigan. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, so, you know, it just it invites so many jokes. Like, if Taco gets run over by the uh, by an offensive line, you can say he's a soft taco. <laughs> um, you know, when he makes a tackle, that's it. He makes a tackle. It's a it's a taco crunch. You know, just so many jokes. <laughs> um, Y'all okay, wrong. So now, <laughs> hey, I got to give Ralph Malmoral Mal- uh, credit on some of those jokes. He, he was really good. Well, hey, okay. It comes so, from the University of uh, Michigan. I would say y'all going to hell for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Dallas Cowboys on the clock, no. Tyler. And um, the Cowboys had a resurgence. And so now we have to deal with all that obnoxious fans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Apparently, the, the Cowboys nation was depending a lot on Taco Charlton being there. I think they were. I think they were. So now yeah. that you've broken their heart um, by stealing Potter, a taco. Um, just his heart palpitations. <laughs> who do you have the Cowboys taking down? Because the offensive line is good. They've got a quarterback. They've got a running back. They've got good receivers. So we're looking strictly at defense, that front seven. Yeah. Who is going to help out Sean Lee on that front seven? Here's the issue. I think uh, the Cowboys could absolutely use a cornerback to help improve their pass defense. I think um, mm-hmm. that was one of their major flaws with that defense last year. But their defensive line is a bit of an issue, too. Um, it seems like every other day you're hearing, oh, someone got suspended, or oh, someone failed this test. Someone did that. Someone did that. So I'm thinking with the – Let's see. With the 28th selection, the Dallas Cowboys selects Carl Lawson of Auburn. Okay. Carl Lawson goes off the board now. Um, I kind of had him at the end of the first round, so that's pretty good. Um, well, considering okay. the, the first one was the New Orleans Saints, I, I, I take offense to that. <laughs> um, that so now we're now- to uh, number 24. Or, I'm sorry, my lighting is bad. Well, I'm following. I'm following on the uh, on the on, twenty nine. Yeah, the we're twenty nine now. That, yes, that, Green Bay Packers. I'm doing good, guys. Here we go for the Packers here, my arch nemesis and rival, the Borgo. I was going to say, how are you doing this? Without yeah, I mean, how, which way do I want to go with this? Do I want to help them or hurt them? You know, here's the thing. I've heard that uh, – well, well, first of all, I'm, I think we all agree they need defense. And mm-hmm. I, I think they still have faith in those young cornerbacks like Quentin Rollins and Demarius Randall. Ah, Clinton Dix. I know they signed Devon House earlier, too. Uh, Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels seem to be the D-line that they want. So, I'm expecting a linebacker and edge guy to help out Clay Matthews. And and I'm hearing Jared Davis from Florida should be uh, – uh, you should hear his name called from 20 to 30, somewhere in there, like the, the Lions or the Giants or the Chiefs, somewhere in there. But I'm surprised this guy's still on the board. I think he's got the best first step of any reg, uh, edge rusher. And Missouri just churns these guys out. They're awesome. Charles Harris from Missouri, I think, could add a lot of, oh, no. of, of steam off the, uh, off the edge to help Clay Matthews. So yes. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, again, I think it fits their biggest need, which is 
linebacker, not so uh, not so much corner or D-line. I think linebacker they're going to target, depending on who's there. You could maybe hear T.J. Watt called or, or Jared Davis, somebody like that. But I like Charles Harris if he's still there. Well, I tell you, uh, Saints fans are screaming right now because <clears throat> the Packers, I think, are a mirror image of the Saints, and I think they just took the player I think the Saints were kind of counting on yeah. to fall down to the bottom of the first round, Charles Harris. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick. Um, so now with the Steelers, uh, we have a Browns fan. So just like you with the Vikings and the Packers, we have a Browns fan has a pick for the Steelers. Who Jack. do you want your enemy, mortal enemy, to take this time around? Uh, yeah, I just uh, still the yeah. <laughs> hey, I know. Hey, I'm a Steelers fan from back in the '70s, so and I, I thought it was rough picking for the Ravens. Um, you know, for for, uh, for for the Steelers, yeah, I think there's a couple ways they could go, but uh, the guy that I sort of had my eye on is someone that David talked about when you were talking to him at the at the start of this thing. Uh, I think I think that they could benefit from from bolstering their secondary. Uh, especially that safety position. So with the 30th pick, the Steelers are going to take Butter Baker out of Washington. Nice. Good Good pick. Good pick. Yeah. uh, (laughs) um, Can I just say – I'm sure the other direction – Can I just say how much joy I'm getting of having a panel of eight uh, somewhat accredited journalists and every time one of these guys' name is, is, is announced, hearing all the, oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, well, I was thinking when he said, when, uh, when Jack said that uh, he could see the Steelers go in a couple directions, I'm sure one of the directions was, to hell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> So, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I know, Jack, and I can tell you that that, that's very heartfelt, as a matter of fact. So now (laughs) we we come to the point in the draft, we have to remind everybody that some team blew a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl that we will be reminded. Probably you won the draft, too. Yeah. From this point on, whenever a Super Bowl is played and a team is behind, the announcers will point out that, hey, the Patriots came back from a 25-point deficit against the Atlanta Falcons. It keeps on giving to Saints fans. <laughs> you didn't just lose the Super Bowl. You gave it away. So <laughs> who are the Falcons going to select? Um, here, Matt, who do you have them taking to try and fix this debacle uh, that they did this past year? They need uh, two things especially, guard and edge rusher. They need someone to pair up with uh, Big Beasley, but they could also use a guard because they got gashed in the Super Bowl repeatedly. So with the 31st pick – I'm going to give them Tim Williams from Alabama. Oh, wow. wow. That's really nice. That's, uh, that's going to be – that's a mess there. Um, <laughs> that's something. Yeah. That, well, you know, he actually – actually him going at this point isn't a bad choice because, uh, you know, Tim Williams is – you know, he's got – 
suspension written all over him, but he's also <laughs> worth the risk. I wanted to give the Falcons Carl Lawson an oft injured defense fan, but Cowboys took him, so I'm not giving him Tack McKinley. I'm sorry, I'm not giving him Tack McKinley. Okay. <laughs> that All leaves right. us with one last uh, the last pick of the round. Number thirty two pick and as per a uh, we agreed early on that we weren't gonna allow trade, but there was a trade of such of sorts. Uh, one of our New Orleans Saints journalists worked out a trade with the the NFC South uh, representative, uh, making the number thirty-two pick for the New Orleans Saints will be Tyler Raymond. What say you, Tyler? I just want to thank um, Matt for giving that to me. I, I just I don't know. Uh, he said that he was interested to hear what I had to say. So now on to the pick. I look at we took Gary Conley at 11 to secure the cornerback, but obviously we need an edge rusher at 32. Uh, and there's only one name that really stands out to me. McKinley out of UCLA. When you look at Tack, you look at someone that's dynamic, explosive. He's very strong. He's very quick. That's something that we could give to the Saints to help uh, Cameron Jordan relieve a little bit on his side. Overall, match made in heaven. I think he could do well there. Um, McKinley's a little raw here, but you know you did, you did get uh, Okafor from the uh, from the Cardinals, so he can rotate in and really you can use McKinley yeah. more as the third down pass rusher as he situational kinda, rusher, yeah, yes, as he kind of gets you know learns a little bit more with this new defensive line coach they've got. So okay, hey, I'm impressed. We have it's nine thirty one. We went through the entire first round. Um, that was purely accidental. <laughs> well, no, we kind of we kind of blew through it pretty quick, so um, I was kind of stalling a little bit. <laughs> um, so, so threatening that threatening to burn down people's homes doesn't make a difference. <laughs> well, no, I, I what I have to say, you guys, you guys were all on on target. Um, with with your picks, there wasn't any uh, wasn't any hesitation with any of your decisions here. You guys were well prepared, and y'all knew exactly what your what the weaknesses and the strengths were of the team's general division, which I would kind of expect anyway. But thank you guys for doing what y'all did. I I want to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you guys. And now that we uh, we obviously have a little bit of time left at the end. I want to give each and every one of you guys the opportunity, one by one. I want to allow you the opportunity to, to tell everyone how to follow you, how to follow your work, the teams that you're representing, and so on and so forth. And I want to begin with a man that has job interview in the morning, but stayed uh, stayed the course and stayed with us tonight from Coventry, England, Mr. Stewart Court. Stewart, how can everybody follow you and your work? Uh, cheers for that introduction at the end. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. At, uh, it's at Stu underscore core. Uh, all the Seahawks articles at the minute on Pro Football Spot are my handiwork. Um, you'll see Possession Podcast on Podbean, uh, Seahawkers UK on Twitter. I also run that account. And yeah, I'm Stuart Court on Facebook. I uh, really do appreciate you having me on. 
Uh, it was, as Jack said, it was quite tempting to, to ruin the Cardinals and take <laughs> a really bad player, but Marlon Humphrey is my favourite corner, so I have to take that. Uh, apologies for my issues as well with my sound. I've no idea what happened, but thank you for having me on. It happens when we go live. It's no big deal. It happens to all of us. So thank you for being a part of this, and thank you for staying up uh, to do this. Uh, no Stuart, was, I, I have to mention this. Stuart was one of my guys whenever I was the NFC West coordinator for uh, PFS. And, Stuart, thank you so much for being a part of what we did here tonight. Uh, Luke Enman, I know you have some work that you have to, uh, to see to. Please, would you remind everyone how to follow you and your work, please, sir? Yeah, I, I just appreciate uh, you guys letting me come on here and, and do this live box. Super fun. Obviously, you guys know a hell of a lot about this football and this draft process. So thanks for having me on. You can follow my work on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman and on zonecoverage.com. Plenty of draft uh, work up there. And, and like all you guys, I'll be, uh, uh, I'm sure, doing a lot of work throughout the whole draft weekend, too. So I appreciate it, guys. Uh, nice meeting all Thank of you, you and, uh, and enjoy the draft. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Hey, man, it's Christmas. It's, it's Christmas, Christmas, baby. In, uh, April. It's Christmas, Christmas baby. April. All right, guys. Hey, you guys have a good night, all right? All right. You too, Luke. Thank you very much. Uh, and from representing tonight the NFC East, uh, but any other time representing the New Orleans Saints, Tyler Raymond. Please uh, remind everyone how they can follow you and your work. Thank you again, I have to say, first, firstly, for having me on. Um, whenever I'm on here, it's always a good time. So nothing else I expect out of that. But um, another thing, too, is a little weird um, representing the NFC East. But, hey, someone's got to do it, right? Um, That's it. Now, on to uh, Twitter. Everyone can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. Uh, that's where I post just about all of my articles there. And I am a Saints contributor to whodatdish.com. You can just type that in, you know, on the internet and find that there. But again, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a pleasure. So Thank you so much for uh, filling in Thank for you. us, uh, Tyler. We appreciate your contribution yeah. to our show tonight. Anytime. Um, and moving right along, presenting the, in a, the AFC West tonight, Bob Rose. Please remind everyone how they can follow your work. No, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Alan, again for having me on. Guys, it was great to work with you, uh, with y'all. I hope to talk with you more uh, through the draft and well into the football season. Uh, but my and our work uh, through Canal Street Chronicles can be followed on the Canal Street Chronicles Facebook page, uh, on Twitter at Saints CSC. Uh, or my individual work can be followed on my Facebook page in any one of our uh, Saints chat rooms. And uh, also on Twitter at BobbyR2613. Uh, thank you all again. Uh, it's been an honor to work with you tonight. Absolutely. Thank you, Bob. It's great having you on as always. Thank you. Representing the AFC East uh, tonight from Last Word on Sports. John Butler, would you remind everyone how they can follow you and your work, please, sir? Uh, well, again, I'd just like to thank both of you guys for having me on. I didn't think I was uh, quite in the same league as some of the guys that were on here, so it was a pleasure working with all of you. Um, Twitter Twitter is where I'm at most of the time. It's uh, at St. John Butler. Uh, also, if you head over to lastwordonsports.com and you search under Saints, you can find me there. 
Uh, the link directly to my work is on my is on my uh, Twitter uh, profile, so you can find me. That's probably the easiest way to get to me. Absolutely. Thank John. you, John. Thank you, Thank very you much. guys. Thank you. Well, let me see. Moving right along, um, and I want to save for the last for uh, for personal reasons. Um, let's see. Who else do we have? Um, <laughs> Take, yeah, a look your, take a look at your Brady Bunch screen down there. <laughs> I'm looking. You've got the Browns and you got the Colts. I'll give you that much of a hint. Uh, representing the NFC South, our, there we go. what I consider to be our personal draft guy, so to speak, um, Mr. Matt Ulrich. Can you tell people how to follow your work, please, sir? <laughs> Primarily follow me on Twitter, NFL Ulrich 17 Like I said, I'll be posting some Saints stuff, some uh, more draft things. I'm going to lay down my thoughts on some of the uh, players I look at. You have to defend your decisions that you made tonight? I don't have to defend anything. <laughs> and, and, oh, I'm just telling you, just, just, you're going to get the hate mail. And it's Matt, not Allen. Do not send it to 79 Saints. Blame him. <laughs> just, just, just as sort of a disclaimer uh, for the Under the Dome podcast, the rep, the uh, the opinions expressed by Matt Ulrich do Matt not Ulrich, necessarily yeah. necessarily represent those of Alan Ulrich, his father. <laughs> but they should. <laughs> they don't. Right. They don't necessarily represent. They just represent his raising. Uh, and that being said. <laughs> Moving right along, uh, probably one of my closest friends in the world, uh, a guy that kept me going at a time when it was uh, it was touch and go for me in terms of being a, a quote unquote professional journalist. Uh, Jack Kapansky, uh, how can people follow you in your work, sir? Absolutely. Uh First off, I want to thank both of you guys for having me on. Got a great group of guys here, and I was glad to be a part of it. Um, I'm not currently doing any uh, sports writing, covering the Browns right now. School kind of got in the way of that. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jack underscore Kopansky. Uh, I am on Facebook. Don't really check all that too much. I'm mainly on Twitter. So at Jack underscore Kopansky, I'll be probably tweeting up a storm during the draft and criticizing every move the Browns make and saying how we're going to be going one and 15 again next year. So it's a, it, it's a blast. Okay. It's a great ride. I, I've got to ask whose Jersey do you have on right now? I was trying to figure that out during the draft. Whose Jersey that was. Is, is that it, three? Sorry. Is who's are you wearing? Jersey? Are you wearing a, uh, Johnny football jersey. This, this, this is unfortunately a Brandon Whedon jersey. Uh, it was either okay. this Brady Quinn or Colt McCoy, and I don't even think I have my Colt McCoy one here because that one would have been on. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was uh, dice, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I tell you what, zero to zero to fifteen is probably wide open right now. Any jersey you have, it could be any Browns quarterback. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I was hoping you were going to throw on and go old school and wear a Jim Brown jersey, but uh, that's oh, good. Yeah. That's good. 
Okay. Last, well, thank last, you for being a part of it. Thank you. Absolutely. Man. Thank you. Thank you. Last but certainly not least, uh, a guy that's very close to my heart, a guy that was a mentor to me when I began the process of being a sports journalist. He offered encouragement. He offered uh, advice. Um, and, and I can't say enough about just the impact that he had on me as a writer. I started at profootballspot.com, and that's Jake Arthur. Jake, would you tell find everyone how they can follow you and your work, please, sir? Yeah, buddy. And first, thank you very much for the kind words. I'm, I'm glad to have been able to have any impact on you guys. So I always love to hear about things like that. You guys can find me on Twitter uh, at JakeArthurPFS. Uh, I work exclusively for ProFootballSpot.com. Uh, my team and I have been cranking out draft content like crazy. I'm really proud of what we've been able to produce the past few months. Uh, you can also find my work on Facebook. Uh, my professional page is Jake Arthur, comma, pro football spot. Uh, you can also follow the PFS Colts page, both on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, it is at spot underscore Colts. And Facebook, it is Indianapolis Colts on PFS. And I want to thank you guys again for having me. Absolutely. Well, glad you were on because uh... – yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad we were all able to participate in this in this this draft. And like I said, we all did such a great job. Um, just out of curiosity, I'd ask you now for your background. Um, what picture? It looks like a defensive back intercepting a pass. What picture is that uh, over your? I guess would be your left shoulder. I'm out here. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that is from the 2006 Super Bowl, Colts and Bears. That is Bob okay. Sanders. Uh, intercepting that. Cato June is over here, and Bernard Berrien is the intended receiver. Okay. All right. I, I, I was trying to see who that was every time you came up to speak, because right. that's just how I am. I'm looking, and I said, I hope to God that's not Jason David right there. That's all I can say. <laughs> that's only Bob Sanders, the eraser. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Good deal. I would have I would have thought in light of the uh, the the current state of things that that he would have had a trade order pick but you know no. that's just me i did i was not even going to mention that i'm sure his heart froze when i said tracy porter pick when i was talking about the vikings but i'm sure he's like don't you go there don't you go there yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys well, well hey. luke and me in one night with the same uh, <laughs> yeah exactly hey yeah. We had a Falcons guy one time. He never came back. (laughs) We really weren't that mean, you know, (laughs) but he never came back. It's much better to reference Tracy Porter at the end of the show than it is at the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we're going to, if we're going to mention Tracy Porter, he did go to Indiana. So there's, there you go. There you go. He's a Louisiana guy, went to Indiana, you know. Actually, I like the Colts a lot. Uh, I have have an affinity for for teams like that. Um, I'm not going to belittle you by saying small market, but compared to L.A. and and, uh, New York, we're we're small market. So I kind of, you know, with the Packers, the Chiefs, the Colts, those kind of teams, I'm kind of like, you know, hey, you're just like us. And uh, 
you know, so I, I, I pay attention to what's going on. Of course, you had Peyton Manning, you know, forever. So uh, that was another reason for Saints fans to pay attention to what goes on in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but glad you were on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, I hope people do go and follow your work because it, it's really interesting that you get a good feel for another team by hearing those fans talk about that team. Um, my little Monday morning routine is to go on to uh, the NFL. Uh, it, it, I think it's called the Red Zone. Uh, basically, it's a compilation of all the newspapers and columns that come out Monday after a game. And you get to read the takes that all the sports reporters, the beat writers, write about uh, their teams. And I'm telling you, the fans, all you do is change the names, but the same complaints <laughs> follow every single franchise. It's hilarious to read. It really is because I'm just like, my God, that sounds like Saints fans. <laughs> you know, <laughs> incompetence in the front office. We have the worst offensive line in football. My God, we can't find a receiver to save our lives. We have the worst quarterback. They just go through the whole thing. It's yeah. really fun. You know, it really is. Uh, Jake, so, absolutely. Jake I, I can't thank you enough personally, uh, professionally. I can't thank you enough for being a part of what we did here tonight. Uh, I think it was uh, – uh, I would like to think that we had a, a resounding success uh, – the, the credibility that, that you guys brought in made all the difference in the world to what we were trying to do initially. And uh, that being said, I, I think that's going to carry through to the final product. I want to thank you so much for um, for taking a chance on us. And thank you so much for being a part of what we did there tonight. And, yeah, and that, that goes doubly, doubly so for you, Jack. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it is a privilege for us to be on with you guys as well. And it was great to get to touch base with Jack again, too. Absolutely, man. Great seeing you again, Jake. Yep, me too. Jack, without even looking, Googling it, um, how many picks do the Browns have in this draft? It's somewhere between, I want to say, 11 and 14. My God. They're, they're really know. trying that money ball approach. And uh, it, it, I tell you, uh, they went through the list of the picks for the next couple of years the Browns have, and they can build a, a whole team. If they hit on, let's say, 50% of those picks, and they're all high picks, that they really have a shot to turn this thing around. You know, and, and I really just, hate to be the – yeah, I, I hate to be the eternal pessimist, but when you're when you're talking about the Browns front office, that is the biggest <laughs> yeah. game ever. When you're talking about hitting on draft picks, so I mean, you know, I I, I I wouldn't mind seeing some of those picks go towards moving up from twelve, but who knows, you know? Well, uh, you know, uh, we had we had lousy ownership for the Saints for the first twenty years of its existence. Um, uh, a guy named John Meekum, and yeah. He had an astronaut as general manager. He had one time he hired a uh, a coach from a semi-pro team called the Richmond Roadrunners. He turned over to be head coach of the Saints and extended the dude's contract. I mean, you know, so believe me, when I when I read about the problems of the Browns, I'm like, my God, this is just how it was me growing up as a Saints fan. Uh, just, say, that sounds like that, that sounds like stereotypical <laughs> Cleveland going on right there. Just mayhem and foolishness <laughs> all around. It, it, You're it sitting was. there talking.
Alan, you're sitting there talking about uh, the guy that from the Richmond Roadrunners. And, and maybe JD in Roberts. my mind, I'm going to that uh, that NFL.com commercial about Jason where he says, I played so-and-so many games uh, and to get this T-shirt, how many did this kid get? And he goes, zero. (laughs) 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 You know, (laughs) I'm sure uh, over a a case of beer or a keg maybe in this case, uh, we could talk about uh, the – the trials and tribulations of incompetence in football front offices between the Saints and the Browns. We could go for a while. But one yeah. day, your day will come. I promise you. <laughs> I sure as hell hope you're right. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, old saying about, the old saying about the Saints was, you know, you expect the worst and you won't be disappointed. Well, well, <laughs> well hey, I, I mean, you got LeBron, you got the Indians. Uh, in a matter of speaking, uh, the process of elimination says you got to win something sometime, right? I mean, I'm all I'm saying is our our our, our slogan of just one before I die has now become a legitimate goal, more so than a joke. <laughs> if that tells you anything, <laughs> they uh, they had a guy, and I wish I saved this story. He had a tombstone out for every quarterback that the Browns have had just since they've come back into existence. And it was like it was like a cemetery. It was almost like Arlington, you know. And I, I'm not I'm not belittling, you know. Obviously, the sacrifices vets make, but I'm just saying the rows and rows of tombstones. You know, that's why I had to ask what jersey you had. Yeah, kid, it's a fair question. I kid, I kid you not. I was on a uh, on ESPN radio last week, and I. Under the Dome is sponsoring a uh, uh, and partnering with Joe Horn, former New Orleans Saints receiver. We're partnering with him and we're sponsoring a youth football thing called Future Stars League. And I'm on on ESPN Radio on the spot trying to ad lib, you know, and promoting this thing and saying. Uh, the Mississippi All-Stars will be coached by a former Cleveland Browns quarterback. And uh, the host immediately jumped on that. And he said, boy, you're going to have to narrow that down somewhat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, and when he said I went. But it was Kelly Holcomb, by the way. Oh, good old Kelly Holcomb. <laughs> you know, and, and I, yeah. I'm going to bring up – I'm going to bring up – the Colts in a minute too, not to leave the Colts out of this discussion, but I actually have a friend who is a Cleveland Browns fan and he still swears to this day that they just gave Kelly Holcomb the raw deal that Holcomb was, you know, cause he actually got him in the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, he, he says, you know, if Holcomb just could have got a chance, we would have actually done something. <laughs> just like you know, and 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 it's funny because because the days of like Holcomb and Garcia, I was on the tail end of Jeff Garcia when I when I really started following football in the Browns. So I didn't see Kelly Holcomb or Tim Couch or any of that stuff. But no, yeah, there's 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 so many guys that I look at and I'm like, I was like, oh, if we would have had an offensive line, or if we would have had wide receivers, or if we would have had a defense that could have kept us in games. You know, there's so many of those guys that it's just like. They were so close, but they just got bronzed out of, you know, a career. 
<laughs> Browns out. It becomes an ash ship. There we go. Well, Browns, you know, Browns out is actually the, a term to define it now. <laughs> Cleveland, hey, Cleveland's where hey. good players come to die. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> hey, oh, I, no. I totally relate. Oh, and of no, course, no, you, you know who the Browns, when they came back into existence, you know who they beat for their first win ever? The Saints. Hey, there it is. In the Mike Dicka era. Yeah, and like I said, we could go a whole keg. At least one. <laughs> Talk about the, <laughs> the, the mistakes and yeah, they uh, Mike Dicker had given uh, had given Ricky Mike Williams. Too. Oh yeah, had given Ricky Williams the ball like forty times in that game and still couldn't put it away. And, and Tim Couch threw a, a hail mary that, of course, we don't knock down. We bat up in the air. Um, I can't remember the little receiver anymore. Caught it. He caught it right there in the corner of the end zone. You know, the Browns get their first win, and there's this shot of Mike Dicker laying prone on the field of the Superdome like somebody shot him. He's just laying out like he cannot believe that happened. So, hey, there's always a connection. Actually, actually yeah. it would be more productive in terms of the New Orleans Saints if someone had shot uh, Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, Jim Henderson, the play-by-play guy, described his open heart surgery week after week without anesthetic. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just how it is. The Colts used to have that kind of uh, history um, yeah. when they first came to Indianapolis, and then Peyton has kind of pretty much erased that. And, uh, you know, it's really – it's an amazing turnaround. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm kind of from a generation of spoiled Colts fans. You know, I'm, I'm only 27, so. Oh, so you didn't see the Jeff George era. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Peyton Manning and, and Andrew Luck are all I've known. Uh, but I can tell you that 2011 season is something I would never like to go through again. That, that oh, my was, Jesus. Jake, that I wish I could remember 27. Yeah, uh, that, that was the worst football I've seen played in, in this state, and I I hope it never goes back to that. Well, you uh, we set our record against uh, against the Colts that night uh, in 2011. Yeah, we faced you guys that year. I think you had 60 points. Mm-hmm. The highest points we've ever scored as a franchise. Before that was 51. We had done that a couple times. Oh, no, we got 62. Was, believe it and or not. Pers- personally like speaking, is funny. there any other fan base we can alienate tonight? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, we can make fun of the Falcons some more. That's always fun. <laughs> no, that that's weekly. I, I'm talking about like, I mean, we've alienated the Falcons. We've alienated the Colts now. Uh, <laughs> probably eliminated any Browns listeners that we had already. No, I'm telling you, um, the Browns listeners are going. Wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> They really are. I mean, you know, I, I now I'm an old man, uh, you know, because I have a son who's obviously old enough to do this show with us. Um, so I go back to the to the '70s and the '80s Browns, and uh, I saw both the drive and the fumble uh, in back in the day when it ha- when it actually happened. And I tell you, the drive was one. Yeah, the drive was was heartbreaking enough, but I thought the fumble was so much worse because they had yeah. that game one. They really did. And uh, Ernest Miner turned out to be a very good back, winning the Super Bowl with the Redskins. 
but I just I was pulling for the Browns. I really was. I wanted the Browns oh, to go to the sure. Super Bowl. Uh, anybody because... that watched that, anybody watched that, the drive game. I mean, from a visceral point, they had to be pulling for Cleveland to pull that game out. And the type of player that Ernest Biner was, for him to be victimized by such a, I don't know, fluke. Uh, type of play. If you watch the breakdown of that play, that was really just a, an incredible guess based on film study because that safety, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head right now, really gambled and went after the play because if he did what he was supposed to do, he would have kicked out the cover, double cover the receiver. And Byner's got a wide open lane right into the end zone for the touchdown. But he guessed that's what they were going to do based on something that I think the offensive line had done. And he shot it, and he really overran the play. So all he could do was stick his arm out and bat the ball. And when he did that, of course, Byner fumbled. So it, it's an incredible, surreal play to see happen. And, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> and back then I wanted – Oh, yeah. Well, back <laughs> back then, I wanted anybody at Denver in the Super Bowl because I was tired of seeing Denver get their ass kicked in the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, it, this goes back to the Colts. I was mad that Elway did that to the Colts, too, um, which is part of the reason why they ended up in Indianapolis out of Baltimore uh, was, you know, the mistakes they made with Elway and that, the owner and everything else. But, um, yeah. It, I'm old. I'm old, so I remember old games like this. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's. I, I think the Colts will. I mean, not the Colts. The Browns will get their due one day. They will actually win, win it all, and you know, then we have to get our affairs in order because the world's ending. Exactly. <laughs> there you um, go. One final shot. All right. Thank you guys for joining Jack us and Jake, tonight. Um, Absolutely. Thanks for having Jack, me. Yeah. You guys, Thanks, guys are probably two of my uh, my oldest and dearest friends, uh, acquaintances, influences, uh, all of the above. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of what we did here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for very sure. much. All right. Okay, guys. Well, it's 10 o'clock. I haven't even eaten dinner Alan? yet. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> How in the hell did we finish half an hour above time? It's the professionalism of our guests. That's what it is. They were ready. They came prepared. Uh, unlike me, they did show their show prep. So they were all good to go. <laughs> uh, that's what did it. So I'm very proud of this, and I hope we can um, do this again next year. Once again, let me uh, let me stress the importance of the name of our show tonight. Uh the Donnie Lambert uh, inaugural Under the Dome podcast draft show. Uh, I, I have to get that in cadence or I mess it up every time. Uh, Donnie Lambert is is one of our, uh, our staunchest supporters uh, and one of the most diehard members of the Houdat Nation. And uh, as I said earlier, with great pride, we take care of our own. And we want Miss Donnie to know absolutely and unequivocally that 
we got her back and that we support her and that we hope that she gets better soon. And, and uh, we we wanted to do something for her to let her know that we had we were behind her. So we uh, we dedicated tonight's show to her. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, come back stronger. Absolutely. All right, guys, we thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um, this time next week, we will know who the draft picks are, and we will do our post-draft analysis. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of shocks and, uh, and upsets over some of these picks, but we're going to talk about this and what things for the future, what free agents that uh, undrafted free agents, I should say, the Saints have signed because we will see that in the first couple of days uh, after the draft. And we can see who do we think will be the um, Chris Ivory, Lance Moore, that undrafted free agent that's going to come in and have Saints roster. Uh, we'll, t we'll make our predictions on that as well. And then minicamp is not long afterwards. So it's football season. Uh, the NFL does an incredible job marketing, so we can talk about football year-round, even though training camp's not until July. Um, so anyway, look forward to seeing you all then. Uh, until now, this is Alan Oreck saying goodbye for Under the Dome. Good night, everybody. <laughs>